This is Servant Marcia Carney with Escape to Heaven. Spirit of the Lord is upon me. His anointing is empowering. The kingdom of the Lord is within me. And He's calling Good morning, good morning. Here we are again. It's Monday morning, 11.30 a.m. Wave 94, 94.1. And you're listening to Escape to Heaven, Heaven on Earth Ministries of Jesus Christ, Servant Marcia. Today is really exciting. God has touched my heart and led me over to a love story we don't see it, but it is there. And it's so interesting that it's love that uh, pushed and motivated God to release his son, Jesus, so that we could have a pathway to reconciliation to the Father. Let's just dive right in. I'm over in the books. I'm going to just read the word of God and see what we get. Joshua, the fifth chapter. Is where we're starting. And this is during the time that um, the Israelites are pretty much finished with their 40 years of punishment or, you know, uh, the adults have basically died off that went against the Lord. And now it is time to walk into the promised land. Most of us today that are believers and and of the fivefold ministry and just serving God, you feel a sense of, I'm ready to step into greatness. And I don't know why I feel this way, but the reason why we're all feeling this way is because it is the season. It is the time for us to walk in and possess the promised land. We're going to look at the Israelites, particularly Joshua, as he's listening and following the word of God. If I had to have a title today, it would be from whoredom to holy, from being a hoe to being holy. Oh my God. And here we go. Joshua, the fifth chapter. So it was when all the kings of the Amorites who were on the west side of the Jordan and all the kings of the Canaanites who were by the sea heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan from before the children of Israel until they crossed over, that their hearts melted and there was no spirit in them any longer because of the children of Israel. Now, what that means is they heard about the Red Sea. And now here comes the Lord doing this again. And so the point is, what shall we do when there's nothing that we can do against a God that will dry up the Red Sea? And now he's drying up, has dried up Jordan. 
So the kings were just done. They were scared. They didn't know what to do. But at the same time, the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives for yourself and circumcise the sons of Israel again the second time. So now Joshua made flint knives. And I'm just going to read and then as God give us revelation, we'll talk for himself and circumcise the sons of Israel at the hill of the foreskins. And this is the reason why Joshua circumcised them. All the people who came out of Egypt, who were males, all the men of war, had died in the wilderness on the way there, where they are right now, after they had come out of Egypt. For all the people who came out had been circumcised, but all the people born in the wilderness on the way as they came out of Egypt had not been circumcised. For the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness till all the people who were men of war who came out of Egypt were consumed. They died because they did not obey the voice of the Lord to whom the Lord swore that he would not show them the land which the Lord had sworn to their fathers that he would give them a land flowing with milk and honey. So I I feel a lesson right there. The lesson is, yes, you can have the promise of God for prosperity and wealth and growth and fruitfulness and multiplication. However, in most cases, God promises literally have a condition. And in this case, the condition for the Israelites were to obey the voice of the Lord. And because they did not do that, they then forfeited their right to receive the promise of the Lord. Are you in that same predicament where you know that God has told you repeatedly to let go of sin, let go of idolatry, let go of evilness, just let go of being double-minded, and yet you've not listened. And even though you walk around saying, I'm blessed and highly favored, but you're not listening to the voice of the Lord, then you are moving away from you the possibility of receiving the fullness of the promises of the Lord in your life. If you're wondering, why haven't I received what God said I should have? Perhaps you are still not living holy. Let's keep moving. We're at the fifth chapter, the seventh verse. So Joshua circumcised the sons. And it's important to note that he raised up these sons in the places of the men that had died. For they were uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way. So once they were finished circumcising all the people that were stayed in their places until they were healed. So the notes that I made here was that um, as we escape from sin in today's world, and we run to the refuge of heaven. 
we must understand that on the way, or once we're at the door, we have got to become holy people. And that that holiness, that process of letting go uncleanliness, it is a process. And you will be healed. Your heart, your soul, your mind, your being will be healed as you personally commit to being holy. Amen. So then I'm at the um, ninth verse. The Lord said to Joshua, this day I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. Therefore, the name of the place is called Gilgal to this day. So once we're holy, God removes from us the reproach of having been a stripper, a prostitute, a homosexual, um, a a killer, a murderer, a thief, Just so many things that we, uh, a person that worship other gods, all of these, you know, poverty, uh, being the, the, the black sheep, all of these reproachable things, God removes them from us. Amen. Now the children of Israel camped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day. They ate of the produce of the land. After the pro, after the Passover, the unleavened bread, parched grain on the very same day. And on that very same day, the bread from heaven is ceased. The manna ceased on the day that everyone was now male, were now circumcised, healed, taken the Passover, which means the blood of the lamb. Amen. And uh, so on that very same day, the manna ceased. After they had eaten the produce of the land, so they no longer ate manna, but instead ate the food of the land of Canaan. Wow. So transformation literally entails that you no longer uh, remain carnal minded, that instead you begin to eat the word of the Lord. As, and then you become spiritual. And this is a, a forerunner, a for, uh, event of what happens with us as believers now, looking at what happened with the Israelites. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted his eyes and looked, and he beheld a man stood opposite from him with his sword drawn in his hand. Joshua went to him and said, are you for us or for our adversary? So he already recognized that it was an angelic being. He just wanted to know which side are you on? And so the individual said, no, I am the commander of the army of the Lord and I have come now. So Joshua fell on his face and worship and said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant? The commander of the Lord's army said, take your sandals off your feet for the place where you're standing is holy. Amen. So as we move into this new territory, we must be certain that the Lord is with us. That's, that's what I'm getting, that we need the Lord. We need to have that holy 
meeting, we need to know that we're in right standing with God and that his angelic force, Holy Spirit, is with us. Amen. uh, We're going on to the sixth chapter. We're going to talk about Jericho. And I want to tell you about it because Jericho was constructed, I think, by at least 8,000 years before. uh, Well, that's what the research said. The walls were very big, 28 feet, 13 feet wide. Uh, They represented an era called the Neolithic area of time. And that was the moment where mankind no longer depended on hunting and fishing, but instead was able to build structures where they could now reside permanently. And so it's almost like Jericho was the beginning of creating cities in a sense, Uh, because at this time, mankind began to have domesticated animals and raise uh, cattle and plant to produce food, not hunt for food. So Jericho represented literally a type of um, revolution in mankind's history. Um, they served the moon god. So they're, they're not serving the Almighty Father, as we already know that the Gentiles were not doing that. So we got a brief history about Jericho. Now let's read the Word of God. Joshua, the sixth chapter. Now Jericho was a securely shut up. Because of the children of Israel, none went out, none came in. So in their mind, they're secure. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of Valar. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go around the city once. This you shall do for six days. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram horns. The seventh day... You shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpet. It shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout. Then the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up every man straight before him. Isn't that unusual instructions. I just told you how great the city of Jericho was and how it had been built. And and at that day and time, it was like impossible to even fathom that you could go into the city. But the Lord has uh, unusual instructions, okay? I mean, that didn't sound normal at all. And And it was an interaction of all people. It was the priests, the men of war, the people themselves. So, and the instructions are very specific. So, uh, Joshua called the priests, told them what to do, called the people, told them what to do. And as they did it, Joshua cautioned them to obey what God told them. He said, you shall not shout, make any noise with your voice, nor shall a word Proceed out of your mouth. So, therefore, they did not even speak for seven days. We all want to walk in the promised land, but do we really want to obey the instructions of the Lord? 
And he said, do not let anything come out of your mouth until the day I say to you, shout, then you shall shout. And so they did exactly what the Lord said. And um, another caution that Joshua gave to them, he said, when he told them, shout, for the Lord has given you the city, then he pronounced the damnation or the curse itself upon the city. Verse 17, now the city shall be doomed by the Lord to destruction, it and all who are in it. Only, here we go, Rahab, the harlot, the whore, the prostitute shall live. She and all who are with her in the house because she hid the messengers that we sent. When Moses sent out 12 spies, they they lived because they were hidden in Rahab's household. And then he cautions the people of Israel. He said, and you, by all means, abstain from the accursed things, lest you become a curse when you take of the accursed things and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. And so everyone knew about this because this has happened before when they first started fighting. Uh, one of the persons did do that. So we all, everyone today know about it, heard about it. And so they were cautioned. The silver and gold and vessels of bronze and iron, these will be consecrated to the Lord and shall come into the treasury of the Lord. So everyone did exactly as Joshua told them. Now, Joshua had two men, the two men who had spied out the country, I mean, even after the 12. And uh, he said, go into the harlot's house and from there bring out the woman and all that she has as you swore to her. And the young men who had been spies went in, brought out Rahab, her father, mother, brothers, and all that she had. So they brought out all her relatives and took them outside left them outside the camp of Israel, but they burnt the city. They did everything that the Lord said. Now, Joshua spared Rahab, and we're going to talk about Rahab because this is unusual what occurred, but I'm going to show you the grace of God and how God repays those who have faith in him. Now, Rahab was of this country. You know, she was not an Israelite. Uh, but she heard about the wonders and the miracles and the signs that the Lord God had done. And so Rahab did something unusual. She was not just filled with fear, but more importantly, she exhibited faith in God. Uh, she, um, she had courage. She believed. She took risks. She knew her value for helping the Israelites. She trusts in the future that the, the servants of God had shared with her. And, and I want to say something else. She became an evangelist because not only did she believe, she converted her entire family to believe in the ways of God. And she and her family were delivered. Now, you would think that that was enough, but the God that we serve is so great and wonderful that it went further. Uh, one of those guys, 
she married Solomon, S-A-L-M-O-N. And from that union came Boaz. And from Boaz came Jesse. And from Jesse came King David. So King David was the great, 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 great grandson of the prostitute Rahab. The message here is that when the father delivers us and prepares us to walk into the promised land, I mean, not only does he take away the reproach, but we have seen that he delivers us from all idolatry. And then he gives us a new, a new destiny as he did with Rahab, we serve indeed a mighty God. I, I, I just don't know how do you like not serve? How do you not stay with the Lord? Amen. And so that's what happened with Rahab. She became the great, uh, matriarch of the lineage of King David. If we go over to first Corinthians, the 10th chapter, I want to just read that. It says, Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all meaning the cloud of the Lord, the glory of God that went during the day and night, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, all ate the same spiritual food, all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with most of them, God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness, and that was because they would not obey. And that can happen to us. You can speak in tongues, you can fast, you can pray, you can have all of the supernatural encounters, you can be elevated in your opinion uh, over others uh, in righteousness and serving the Lord, and yet you can still displease God because you're not living holy. So it's not enough for us to do the external things and, and be glorified of God, by God, in the eyes of people. We literally, in the eyes of God, must be holy. So let's continue reading 1 Corinthians 10 chapter at the 6th uh, verse. Now these things became our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted meaning the people of God, the Israelites, and do not become idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Nor let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 were killed by the Lord. Nor let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents, nor complained, saints of God, as some of them also complained and were destroyed 
by the destroyer. Now, all these things happen to them so that you and I can have examples of how, you know, we are to live circumcised, holy, so that we can be translated from whoredom into holiness. And they were written for our admonishment upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands, right? So you might think that you're so holy, you're so righteous. Here's what the word of God cautions us. It says, therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. See, so when you finally, you're in the woes of temptation and you reach out and go ahead and do that evil thing, you did that. The power was there to prevent you from doing that because God is faithful. (laughs) But with temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Saints of God, many of us have been tempted and just on the brink of, and then something happens and it allows us to not fall. That is our God being faithful. Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. I speak as to wise men. Judge for yourself what I say. So the cup of blessing, which we bless, Now now we're talking about kind of like Passover. Is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we, though many, though many guys, we're one bread, one body. For we all partake of that one bread and see, observe Israel after the flesh. Are not those who eat of the sacrifice partakers of the altar? What am I saying then? That an idol is anything? Or what is offered in idols is anything? Rather that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. So therefore, The apostle is saying to us, I believe this is Paul, I do not want you to have fellowship with demons. Saints of God, we cannot live double-minded. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the Lord's table and the table of demons. So we don't want to provoke the Lord to jealousy. Like that's what happened with the the Israelites. Okay. So I think we'll stop there. I'm just trying to say, let us not pursue idolatry, but instead, as Rahab did, a great example to run from whoredom, idolatry, and instead run to the true God. And now the Lord sent for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believe in him 
should not perish, but have everlasting life. Today, I pray with you, Lord God, we're trying to escape this world, and we know that we can because you are faithful. So I'm asking you today, Lord, to anoint us afresh, bless us yet again, and let us walk in righteousness, relational righteousness with you. Let us maintain our relationship with you as we pursue holiness, righteousness. In Jesus' name we pray. We are running, we are escaping from all the things of the world to heaven, which is where you reside with your son, Jesus. And on earth, we will exemplify, be your ambassadors so that we can convert those that see us as Rahab converted her entire family. And Lord God, her destiny was changed. So we're asking that our destiny be changed today to the greatness that you've already predestined and ordained for your children. In Jesus' name, I pray blessings upon those in Radio Land. Amen. I love you guys, but you know, God always love you so much more. May you be blessed. Bye. Anybody want to see you love?